The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It sure is, and here we go once again. You know the phone lines are already open. It's uh, 416-870-6400. Again, 416-870-6400. If you prefer, one 225 talk toll-free to send along an email to Alex. By the way, Alex Luciferro filling in for uh, Lior tonight. Lior, we just gave him a couple sleeping pills and a blanket and said, pal, you've got to get some sleep because, man, he's been burning it at both ends for three weeks, so he's taking a... A bit of a breather tonight. Alex, busy as well from our Ottawa office, has uh, journeyed on down to his uh, living room to uh, to get on the uh, the broadcast line, just like myself here. We're doing this from home. We're keeping a very safe distance. We're uh, several cities apart. But Alex uh, heads up the Ottawa office, and he's filling in here tonight for Leo and knows everything. And he is the guy you want to call and ask tonight. Again, 416-870-6400, talk That is toll-free. We'll be talking about if we have time, temporary layoffs, maybe get to some emails. But like the shows have been so far for the last couple weeks, we are hyper-focused on COVID-19 and things under that umbrella. It's confusing. Things changing almost daily with the government as it uh, pertains to uh, EI and the CERB, the Canadian Emergency Benefits. So we'll talk about that. I'm sure you have questions about all that, and that's no problem. Bring them on. That's why we're here. Uh, Alex, again, here for the uh, for the hour answering your questions. So bring it on. Phone lines are open for the next little while. And what I mean by little while is probably for a few months, COVID rights. .ca is a website that uh, Lior and his partner Savan put together. I know, Alex, you're pretty well-versed in it, too. There is actually, I guess you could call it a CERB calculator up there already. If you're wondering if you qualify, go to covidrights.ca. Scroll down a little bit, and you'll see some questions there to uh, to set you right up. So we'll get into all that. Alex, welcome to the uh, welcome to Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You do a great job at our Ottawa affiliate, but it's time to pee in the tall weeds with the big dogs, boy. You ready for this tonight? We're in the big leagues, John. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks very much. Great uh, great to be here. All right. So we, um, I guess we I, we could do a week that was, or we'll just wait for our first call to get lined up because they're, uh, they're coming in. How has your week been? What is the, what's been the general gist of the phone calls? I would imagine it's it's been basically COVID-19-centric, right? It is. It is. It's related to COVID-19 and, and lots of people having questions about uh, CERB and what their rights are in the yeah. event of a, of a layoff. Lots of people... Uh, unfortunately are being let go as well so we're advising people on severance packages you know really anything to do with with the workplace we we run the gamut of of workplace questions John. that's what we do day in and day out you know by by day Lior myself the entire team we're employment lawyers by night we're we're on the radio answering any and all questions related mm-hmm. to employment so you know it's obviously uh listeners chance to speak with an employment lawyer and uh, chance to get the information they need again whether it's covid related or not uh it's all fair game it's all up for grabs uh, in employment law like in life john as i'm sure you know knowledge is power so you know uh, you need to know what your rights are as an employee these are really difficult times if you don't know what your rights are now you're in you're in trouble uh, quite frankly so uh, let's uh, let's get uh, get this show on the road We'll get to it for sure again. 416-870-6400. Lines already uh, getting busy, so we're getting you all lined up. John's going to be first when he gets uh, gives me the green light. In the meantime, you did mention something there off your off your opening uh, your opening talk, and that is employment employment rights. Even in this atmosphere, have not been suspended. They are still there. Correct. 
That's absolutely uh, right, John. Obviously, we're all yeah. dealing, employers and employees alike, are dealing with you know, a really difficult situation, right? I mean, companies are struggling uh, because business is down. Employees are struggling because they're asked uh, to either take temporary layoffs or taking pay cuts. But the reality is, John, that despite that situation, you know, employment law hasn't changed. Uh, you, you know, the the legislation hasn't changed. The what we call the common law, meaning like the general rules and legal principles that come from the courts, haven't changed at all. So, you know, as two very brief examples, a temporary layoff is potentially still illegal if if it's not a term that's written into an employment contract or an implied term, meaning it's something you accepted in the past. Then you have the right to treat a temporary layoff like a termination. It's not necessarily allowed. And, you know, another example that that we're seeing lots of nowadays are pay cuts. Um, as an employee, you don't necessarily have the obligation to accept a pay cut, a significant pay cut, or any kind of significant change to a term of employment is going to be considered what we call a constructive dismissal, which is basically like a termination. So for employees out there that are being temporarily laid off or having their pay cut significantly and kind of permanently or indeterminately, that's potentially a huge problem and that employee is going to want to get legal advice. They're going to want to speak to us to find out what their options are. They can either accept that change uh, and there are pros and cons to that approach, or they can refuse that change, walk away from their employment and obtain a severance package, which quite frankly, is as dangerous or difficult as that might sound, a lot of times that is the better option. The severance package is the better option. Option. So, so you know, lots of things to talk about, lots of factors to consider, but our laws and, and the legal analysis hasn't changed at all. You know, and there's, you know, if they decide to, if they're, if they're laid off by the company because of COVID-19 and, that, you know, a good employee, we call it a, a trooper, will just kind of say, you know what, good, I'll suck it up maybe for the short term and hopefully I come back, which if you're working for a massive multinational company is probably going to come to fruition. You'll probably go back and having uh, had some money to support in the meantime will be good. But if you're working for a small mom and pop shop or maybe a smaller chain for that matter, what are the pitfalls if you decide to say, okay, I'll go for this and then... The company goes out of business during the pandemic. What happens then? Yeah, very dangerous because if a company goes out of business, then then you're in trouble. If that company is claiming bankruptcy, good luck getting anything out of them. You, you know, forget about severance. Good luck getting your vacation pay out of that company, uh, John. But listen, here's here's how I look at this. Again, if as an employee you don't have anything in your contract that allows a company to temporarily you off, you've never been laid off before. This is nothing you've ever agreed to or or, or been through before with the company. Handing over the power to the company to be able to temporarily lay you off now means that they're going to then have that power in the future to do it time and again, uh, the second, the third, the fourth, and the fifth time around. So as an employee, if you agree to that layoff right now, again, you're handing over this you know really heavy, really powerful tool to the employer right. to be able to say, here, you know, I'll agree to the layoff now, and that means that this is going to become a term of my employment uh, moving forward. You could do it, you know, you can lay me off for 13 weeks, bring me back to work, and then lay me off two weeks later again if you want to, and I can't contest that second layoff anymore. So yeah. it's a really, really dangerous one where you're giving that uh, that employer a lot of authority, a lot of power over you, and it's not something you necessarily want to give up, uh, even in a situation like this. 416-870-6400 is the number to call one 225 talk that is toll free and uh, we'll get out of lots of room come on and uh, ask your questions alfred thank you for uh, for hanging on how are you tonight i'm pretty good and yourself sir i'm good uh what's uh, what's your question 
I keep hearing on uh, your ads that most people are entitled to more than two weeks per year severance, and yet I'm supposedly only going to get one. Can you tell me what uh, what's going on? Well, that's uh, that's a great question, uh, Alfred. I mean, the reason why we say that is because you know, in fact, it's true. The vast majority of people out there that are that are offered severance packages. Uh, are are either being uh, offered less than what they're actually owed and they simply don't know it, uh, or they're forgoing any kind of additional amount because maybe they think it's too much of a pain or too much of a hassle to increase that package. And, and generally, those people are wrong on both counts. Now, in order to determine whether that one week or uh, one week per year of service is, is right when it comes to you, Alfred, we'd have to look at a number of factors. We'd have to look at your age, your position, within that company, your years of service with the company. And the fourth factor that we have to consider is, is there anything kind of contractually limiting your severance entitlement? So if I can ask, Alfred, Alfred, how long have you been with this company? 19 years. 19 years. And your position with them was? Uh, Position, just an ordinary uh, shipper. That's the title of the job. So shipping? Okay, that's fine. And, And how old, if I may ask, Alfred? 50. 50. 50 years old. And and you're telling me you've been offered, what, 19 weeks of pay? That's correct. Yeah, so I, I can tell you right off the bat that a, a, a gentleman of, uh, or, or a woman or gentleman of 19 years of service who, who's 50 years old, especially given the current, current economic circumstances, uh, Alfred, you're going to be owed significantly more than simply 19 weeks uh, of pay. Uh, you're probably looking at something in the range of, I would say, 18 months is an average range that you can probably work from. So. You know, what I would suggest is before you accept any kind of offer from the company, and hopefully you haven't already, uh, we need to discuss this further off air. Um, Again, this is, you know, severance negotiations are usually straightforward, simple matters to resolve. Let's talk in more detail uh, off air. John will give you the number. Give us a call, and we can figure this uh, situation out quite easily, I imagine. Alfred, appreciate that call. Do write this number down and reach out one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But for the here and now, you have questions about uh, your job, your severance, or like I said, we are super hyper focused on COVID nineteen and the trials and troubles and tribulations you're having trying to navigate at this time of uh, of your working life. Bring those calls on as well. This is where you're going to get the uh, the answers. Anu, hello, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Uh, my question, uh, being an employer, and actually we run a pharmacy, uh, three of my employees decided uh, not to come voluntarily. I did not say anything, not to come or anything, but uh, they are not coming and they decided to sit at home. Do they qualify for CRB or uh, not? And one of the employees, is already on some kind of uh, you know benefit, disability benefit. So all of them are part-timers, though. So mm. my question is, do they qualify for CRB or not? And and you're telling me, Anu, that that they just simply decided not to come into work. Is that what I understand? Yeah, because being a pharmacy, you know, we always deal with the patients, and uh, they were they were really scared, so they decided not to come. We did not say anything that uh, not come or anything. It's because they are part-timers, so they decided to stay home in this situation. But uh, uh, do they qualify for CRB or not? Because we did not let them off or anything. We have not terminated any services or anything. 
So my sure. question is that. So the answer is simple. I mean, they would have had to prove that they stopped working, that they are not earning any income for reasons specifically related to COVID-19. So, for example, if there was, you know, if, if either they're ill or they're having to care for a family member who is ill with COVID-19, or perhaps if there was some sort of, you know, serious incident in the workplace, uh, Anu, that, that uh, caused them to stay home, Perhaps that that then they would then qualify under those circumstances, mm-hmm. but if what I'm hearing is that you know they're simply worried, and, and you know there's no risk, let's say in the workplace beyond the ordinary uh, risk that would be involved, and they've simply decided to stay home because of their own uh, you know their own decision and I guess their own safety. I, I don't know if they'd necessarily apply again. They'd have to tie it to uh, mm-hmm. a reason that's specifically COVID-related. And uh, it doesn't sound like they're they're there at least yet. Can you add any? Uh, I mean, is there any more to the story that's that's worth noting in that respect? I, I think we lost a new. I think you can just listen to your answer. But as okay. from, from what it sounds like, you know, if you leave on your own volition, saying I just don't want to work, I don't think you're going to apply for it, right? Generally, it doesn't want. Yeah, no. I mean, that's like. it, it, yeah. it's not that easy. I mean, the government has made yep. has made it you know quite easy. And mm-hmm. you know, speaking of the uh, the CERB calculator. Uh, uh, John, then, you know, that would be the place to go to find out if you qualify. But, yeah. uh, no, I think you, you can't just choose to stay home from work and, and qualify for CERB. It's not that easy. You got it. Nicole, Nick, Catherine, hang on, guys. We will get to your calls after a, a tiny break here. Stand by. Don't go anywhere. 416-870-6400-1888-225. Talk toll-free. Call. Your questions will be answered. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back indeed. Your phone call is 416-870-6400-1888-225. Talk, that is our toll-free number. Alex filling in for Lior tonight. Right back at it. Don't want to waste any more time. Uh, Nicole, you're up next. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. What's, uh, what's your question for Alex? Um, I received the CRB this week, but it looks like that I might get called back to work for next week. So is hmm. that something that we might have to pay back, or do we notify someone, or... What do we go from there? That's a great question, uh, Nicole. So, so just to confirm, you received the full uh, $2,000 payment for the month for the four-week period? Yes. Okay, yeah. So the, the ordinary way that employment insurance works, and, and I think the way the CERB would work uh, as well, I don't, know if, I don't know if this is specified anywhere necessarily, but uh, typically you cannot collect both let's say employment insurance, or in this case, the CERB benefit and employment income for the same time period. So if you are, if you are called back to work, uh, you may have to repay some of that money. At least that's the way I would look at it if I was you, right? I'd rather uh, err on the side of caution, uh, keep that money aside for the time that you went unemployed, for the period of time that you went unemployed for, then you would still be owed the CERB benefit for that period of time. But as soon as you start working again, and presumably that you know you're you're kind of back at it full throttle, then uh, you might only be owed the employment income you had. So perhaps it would be wise to set aside, you know, if you start working, let's say two weeks into the four-week period, I would set aside a thousand dollars, 
and and make sure that if you have to repay that back to Service Canada, you've at least got it in the bank in order to do so. I think that's the right way to look at it now. Um, you know, we're going to learn more about this as as we go, and it might be a question as well that you want to pose to Service Canada if you could get them on the line. Obviously, they're uh, they're overloaded with questions now. It it wouldn't be a bad idea to just confirm with them as well. Okay. Thank All you. right. You're appreciating the call, and uh, thank you for uh, for your time. By the way, we'll uh, move on here down the line to uh, Nick. Hi, Nick. How are you? My, my computer's a little slow, guys. Sorry, Nick. We're going to wait a sec to get on. Unless the op wants to do it and just hit Nick, that'd be uh, absolutely fantastic for me. This is what happens when we're overloaded with calls. Well, hang on, Alex. We're getting them. We're getting them. I'm there here. we go. There we go. Sorry, Nick. It's my computer's and acts just a POS. Anyway, what's going on, pal, with you tonight? Uh, well, actually, I have COVID nineteen. So, oh, <laughs> okay. Sorry that. So you're off. <laughs> That's not why I'm calling, though. I'm, I'm actually okay. calling. I got a question for my daughter. Um, she is on uh, EI right now due to coronavirus. She is pregnant and expected to deliver next month. Does being on EI affect her maternity benefits? how much she'll get, and how long she'll get it for. So I presume she's already on EI benefits because is she already off of work as a result of the maternity leave? That's right. No, she's off of work because of coronavirus. Her business closed down for now. Got it. Okay, so do you know if this is regular EI, Nick? Is it is it employment insurance? Is it sickness benefits because she's ill, or it's just regular EI? Mm, I think it's regular EI. She's okay. not sick. So yeah, so I, I mean, here's here's the difficulty. Employment insurance only runs for so long, even in the case of uh, of of a maternity leave. So what I, you know, if, if your daughter is not only ill but her business has been closed because uh, of COVID nineteen, then she should qualify for the CERB benefit. And what we're hearing from other from other employees is that uh, they're using the CERB benefit first, so they're using up that sixteen week period first at two thousand dollars. Uh, every four weeks or every, or every month, and then they're transferring on to employment insurance. So oh, now the fact that your daughter's already on EI may pose a little difficulty, right? Because they're you know she's already kind of in the system and going through the ordinary course of the of the process, and so it it might not you know it might might not be flagged, shall we say, uh, for her to qualify for the CERB benefit. But I think she would. So I would right. certainly tell her to either get someone on the phone or contact them online somehow and figure out how that can be possible because you know in the case of uh, of a pregnancy and a maternity leave you're going to need as much coverage as possible basically and the longer the better obviously in terms of EI benefits so if we can tack on another 16 weeks of the CERB CERB benefits uh, then that's great you're just extending that coverage for another 16 weeks four months right. which is not insignificant so I, I definitely get on that i think she would qualify it's just a question of getting into the system and getting it going right would she not be better off though on on uh, maternity pay or is the cerb better and by maternity pay do you mean the employment insurance benefits yeah yeah so she might be slightly better off it's a great question actually so under regular employment insurance uh, you'll probably if you're if you're receiving the maximum amount possible which is which is pretty often pretty uh, pretty common then you're receiving five hundred and seventy three dollars a month under the CERB benefit you're only receiving five hundred dollars a month it's not a huge difference but it's seventy three bucks in your pocket every week so yes you're right it is better under the regular EBEI benefits but if you're already if your daughter's already using them Nick they're gonna run out sooner 
uh, right? Sure. And again, and the, the point here, I, th I think, should be the longer you can get that coverage, the better. If it means using the CERB first and then going back to EI, then that might be the better way to do it, or at least it just prolongs that coverage as long as possible. So she can be on the CERB and then a couple months from now switch over to maternity leave. Exactly, yeah. and that's and that's the one great system, a great thing rather about this system, about this benefit. You can get both. You can get both the CERB benefit and regular employment insurance, if we can call it that, uh, one after the other. So right. the you know the CERB will last for 16 weeks. Regular employment insurance lasts for 45 weeks. Ideally, if you're going to be off for that long, and hopefully most people aren't. Hopefully most people get back to work ASAP. But if you are going to potentially be off for that long. You want both, right? You're maximizing your income in that respect. Nick, appreciate your time and your call. Moving on here, 416-870-6400 is the number one, 888-225-TALK. That is toll-free. Catherine, thank you for uh, for hanging on there. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Great. What's uh, what's your question? Okay, I, uh, I'll i be 69 in July. I work as a cashier in a grocery store, and... Um, I am going off at the end of the week. Uh, I'm considered high risk. I have high blood pressure. I've got a brain aneurysm, and I've got a problem with a valve in my heart. Would I qualify for either EI or the benefit, even though I do have uh, CPP and uh, old age pension? So uh, CPP or old age pension aren't an issue at all, uh, Catherine, so you shouldn't be worried about either of those items in terms of uh, qualifying for CER be. Um, okay. If, you know, it's a tough situation because ultimately if you are able uh, to work, um, maybe even despite your conditions, uh, you know, simply requesting to take some time off, uh, you know, to go on some sort of leave, uh, mm -hmm. you wouldn't qualify for CERB. You need something more solid than that. So either your employer would have to temporarily lay you off and agree to temporarily lay you off. So it's something you could potentially pro propose to your employer. And if they agree, then, then you would then qualify for CERB. Okay. Uh, although, again, there are some pros and cons to being temporarily laid off. You're, again, you're yeah. handing the employer to right, the right to do that in the future. If you're not worried about that necessarily, then it's an option, certainly. Uh, yeah. The other option would be if you have your doctor's support, Catherine, and being medically unable to work. So if yeah. because of you know your health conditions, your doctor says, listen, it's way too dangerous. I'm advising her not, not that, that she can't work because of COVID, then mm -hmm. that might also allow you to qualify for C. Uh, okay, ERB. But you, the doctor has recommended that I, I go off. Yeah, so that's something that could potentially be useful. Now, you need you need that anchor. You need you need your doctor's opinion or you need a layoff letter uh, or, or record of employment from your employer. Without those, uh, you may not necessarily qualify. But So those are the two options that I would uh, I would look into if, if I were you. And I think either way, you would qualify in that respect. Um, and okay. uh, yeah, I think... I think that's the way to go, to go if uh, if that's something that you're interested in. Okay, would I need a letter from the doctor? You would need some sort of letter or note from the doctor, ideally, yes. You'd want something in writing confirming that. Uh, I don't think you, either your employer or Service Canada, for that matter, is simply going to take your word for it. At least I wouldn't bank on that. So I think you'd need some sort of evidence, yes. Okay, and who would I give that letter to? Well, again, you can either discuss it with your employer if we're talking about a temporary layoff or if we're talking uh -huh. about a medical leave of absence, then, again, that's something that you may have to provide to Service Canada. I would try and get them on the phone, uh, okay. Catherine, and see what they say with respect to that uh, situation. But uh, initially, uh, perhaps have a conversation with your employer first. 
that okay. might be the easier uh, option. You you know, instead of getting in to see your doctor and having him or her write a note, that might be a bit of a protracted situation. Uh, speak with your infor- employer first, see what they say, and take it from there. Catherine, appreciate your time. Got to get to th- uh, a few more calls here. Aaron, Natasha, Rose, we'll get to you. Rose, thank you for hanging on. I know it's been a few minutes. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. What's your What's your question? My question is, um, I've been laid off because of the virus. Um, I've, I've been with the company for the past 12, 13 years. I work part-time. And um, I contacted the HR um, to find out if this is the only option I have is is the layoff um, because it is a constructive dismissal and um, they told me yes that this was the only option i had was to go on unemployment is that is that true Mm -hmm. can i Uh, can i ask rose is this an essential or non-essential business would you know uh oh no it's 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 an essential business it's an essential business uh okay and uh you uh, have never been laid off before i take it this is the first such temporary layoff yes would you know, Rose, if there's anything in any kind of contract of employment that would allow the company to lay you off? Um, no, not that I know of. Okay, so if, if that's not the case, again, and, and you know, I've said this a couple of times, but it, I think it, it's worth repeating time and again. Um, if there's nothing in a contract that allows the company to lay you off, and if you've never been laid off before, you're absolutely right, Rose. You have the choice. You have the option of treating this temporary layoff as a constructive dismissal. It doesn't matter whether your employer thinks it, you know, it agrees or doesn't agree or whatever options it mm-hmm. gives you. The employer doesn't have mm-hmm. that say. It doesn't matter, and this is another great point, it doesn't matter whether you're part-time or full-time or whether they call you casual or, or permanent. Uh, you are owed severance. The same employment laws apply to you as a part-time employee as they apply to everyone else, to any other full-time employee. And so right. you're right. You absolutely have the choice to treat this matter as what we call a constructive dismissal or a termination, and you would be owed severance based on your 13 years of service, your age, and your position uh, with that company. So what I would suggest you do is let's have a conversation about this uh, off air. There are various options here that we can that we can put into place. We can reach out to the company on your behalf. There are a couple of other options that okay. we can discuss as well. John will give you the number. I think it's important in a situation like this that you get legal advice and we'd be more than happy to discuss this with you in more detail. Okay, so so I shouldn't initiate it with them then. I wouldn't. I, I think that's a dangerous. It's uh, a dangerous road uh, to go down. Uh, and I appreciate this sounds self-serving as an employment lawyer or as a lawyer generally speaking. But no, usually an employee trying to deal with this issue on their own, whether it's a temporary layoff, whether it's severance, whatever the employment is, issue is, it, it usually doesn't bear any fruit. It usually actually makes the matter much more difficult and much worse. So no, I'd 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 uh, I'd want to have a conversation with you confidentially off air get into more details, uh, and then develop a game plan from there. Rose, here is a number to uh, to call and make sure you do. one 821 5900 Again, Rose, and for you as well, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But the here and now, you have questions about COVID-19 or any other employment matters, you know the number. 416-870-6400. talk That is toll-free. Moving on down to uh, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Thank you for standing by. Good evening. Hi. Good evening, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, what's up? Yes, I have a couple of questions here. Um, I'm a small business owner. I'm in the transportation business where I have um, four transport trucks. 
Mm-hmm. And um, my customers, um, they are forced to shut down because they are part of the non-essential business chain. Right. So right now, my trucks are parked. And um, so the, my question is, do I qualify? Are my guys qualified to um, apply for the CRB? And by your guys, Aaron, you mean your employees? Yeah, my drivers. Yeah. Yeah, your drivers. So if you're if you're saying that you know there's effectively no work because you know your clients aren't paying their bills and 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 you know work is running low, shall we say, and you have to let's say lay them off temporarily, then yes, yeah. potentially that they would absolutely qualify for CERB because it's a shortage of work situation. Uh, now again, as I've said to you know all of the employees we've spoken to, I'll say it to you as an employer. Uh, you you want to make sure that you get these employees' consents to temporarily lay them off, Aaron. You don't want to just be imposing that unilaterally uh, where maybe they disagree. So maybe this is a situation where the employees do want the temporary layoff so that they can collect the CERB for you know as, as long as 16 weeks, and hopefully things are better by then and they can get called back to work. So I would suggest have a conversation with your employees about it. If they agree to the temporary layoff, you can tell them they would qualify for CERB because they would. They're losing their employment temporarily because of this situation. And if that works for everyone, great. If it works for the business, if it works for the employees, that's the way you got to do it. And my second question, second and final question is, my wife, she also works for the company. She's the one who works in the office. But before the, um, the, um, before the government authorized um, non-essential business to shut down, she automatically have to stop work because of the kids were out of school. Yep. So does she qualify because she had to stay home with the kids? So she Great question. Qualified. She would. She would. Yeah. If if you're so, it's very clear in the uh, in the conditions for qualifying for CERB that if if you as a parent are having to stay home to care for your children because of, again, the pandemic in this situation, uh, then she would qualify for CERB. So absolutely she would qualify if she's staying home specifically to care for your children. Aaron, good calls and good question. I appreciate your time. I'm going to move on down to uh, Natasha. Hello, Natasha. Thank you for waiting. Good evening. Hi, good evening. How are you? Go ahead. Great. What's Hi, uh, What's your question? Okay, so for me to sum it up pretty much, um, I'm working from home. Um, and my husband is construction. He works in the granite company and he is a, uh, manager, um, a project manager, and he has to go on job sites and everything that he was doing in the office, he's actually doing from home, but he does have to go on job sites, um, once or twice a week. And he's doing what he could for preventative measures. However, he's like, we keep discussing this, whether or not it's worth it. And we're really afraid that he is going to bring something home because as much as serious as we are taking this, I can't guarantee that everybody else is doing the same. So that being said, and like I said, we have kids at home and I'm finding it very difficult to balance um, the education part of it with the, with the kids and then me having to put in my eight hours of work uh, at the same time. So we were thinking, you know what, all around, it might even just be better for him to stay home look after the kids while I work and like that, he's not going out there job site to job site. And, um, but his, his worry is once everything does get back to normal, will he have lost his seniority walking away himself? Would he have lost his seniority and thus lose, uh, all the years of severance he could have, um, 
potentially had. Yeah, so I mean, certainly walking away from any kind of employment is, is basically a resignation, Natasha. So I think that that, that would be the last option uh, on the list. And I don't even think that that, you know, that's necessarily the right course of, of action here. If ultimately your husband is worried about his health and safety in the workplace, he does have the right to kind of stand up for that. And, and if there are reasonable extra measures that can be taken in the workplace i think that's where i would start and it sounds like certainly both you and your husband are taking those uh, precautions but if he's concerned as an employee that others in the workplace aren't taking those precautions or there are certain other um, you know procedures that could be put in place to make the workplace safer by all means again that's where you should start and you should be suggesting those or your husband rather should be suggesting those in the workplace and perhaps that solves the problem um, as a, as a result of, of just that situation, but also your childcare situation, your husband can also request some flexibility from his employer there. The, uh, the employer, any employer, has the duty to accommodate people that have to care for their family members. It's called family status, and, and an employer cannot discriminate against an employee based on family status. So if, you're, if your uh, husband has to tell his employer, listen, you know, I've got to work from home most days because... You know, I, I'm, I'm responsible for the for the children. My wife is working from home. She can't care for them during that time. Your employer, the employer, your husband's rather employer, has to play ball, right? They can't say no. You're fired because, uh, you know, because you have to take care of your children, or you know, we're we're going to cut your pay because you have to take care of your children. That's discrimination and contrary to the human rights code. So your husband does have some protections. Uh, there, both res with respect to caring for the family and also, also the health and safety uh, aspect of things. I think you should work, your husband should work with the company on both fronts. And this should be about conversation and communication, discussing those issues. And hopefully, um, your husband and his employer can come to some sort of reasonable resolution and some sort of solution moving forward. So he has, it's, it's been going back and forth, and the employer seems pretty. Um, reasonable and flexible at the beginning but then when something comes up he said oh but you know just go to this place oh but you know just go here uh, it's fine just go there and so you know what he says in his actions are actually contradicting so that's why we're like uh, like I told him I said you know maybe you should just then stay home and um, you are you are job protected because you know I'm I think he is from what I've been hearing that he is job protected and one for the children and two, you know, because they're not following the protocols that are being suggested by the government. Um, so for our family safety to, to do that. But he's worried that, yes, if he walks off on his own, even though he could come back to his job, that he's lost all seniority in that aspect. Yeah. And again, I, I don't think I'd be worried in, in that respect. But I do think that, generally speaking, you want to keep the employment relationship uh, going and, and kind of positive and, and prosperous. So if it's with respect specifically to going on specific sites or specific projects, again, I w I w your husband needs to have that conversation with his employer and say, you know, listen, I get we have this job to do at, at this site. Uh, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable attending there. Is there another way to do it? Because I, could I give them a call? Can we do a, you know, can we can we do some sort of video conferencing? Keep that conversation going and it, and it has to be kind of case by case uh, basis and don't give up. Don't let up. Don't say, you know what, I'm I'm not going to show up to work today just because I don't feel comfortable. You 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 know, if if your employer is going to let you go or make that decision to, uh, you know, send you home, let them do that. You will have recourse as an employee 
uh, then. That's really the best advice I can give in the in the moment. And uh, uh, yeah, keep the lines of communication open. I think is the way to go. Peter, we have literally a minute. Uh, if you want to ask your question quickly, go for it. Okay, so uh, my wife works in construction, and um, her construction was among the ones that uh, the, the premier just um, uh, stopped uh, work. Today, she just got back, said they told them uh, they're temporarily laying them off, and that uh, they have 24 hours um, uh, to reply when they receive the email. So my question is, does she qualify for uh, CERB since she's been, um, the company's temporarily laying them off? Yeah, she absolutely would uh, qualify for the CERB uh, uh, benefit. I think the more difficult analysis is because if her business is considered no longer essential, if it's considered now a non-essential business, you know what? The company might actually have the right to temporarily lay her off, and, and that's tough, right? It means she has no other uh, choice. But the good news in that is that, yes, she would absolutely qualify for the CERB benefit, which is going to be $500 a week, uh, $2,000 a month for 16 weeks. So, yeah. And that's uh, that's about all we got time for. I know, busy show, man. If we didn't get to you, uh, your call, feel free to call Alex Off-Air. That would be amazing. In fact, I suggest you do. one 855 821-5900-helpandemploymentlawyer.ca. And for the next little while, you can go to covidrights.ca for much more information. It's uh, it's a good place to be. Don't go anywhere. Alex Pearson comes back with On Point next right here on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.